and welcome to NDExplains.com. This is Tyler Axness, creator, writer, and host of NDExplains, the place where we talk about North Dakota politics plain and simple. And I'm excited to have with me Sally Boynton-Brown, who is the current executive director of the Idaho Democratic Party and a candidate for the chair of the Democratic National Committee. Sally, thank you for joining me today. Tyler, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here, and I'm really excited about your show. I think that we need to be doing a lot more citizens reporting, especially in our red states where the media conglomerations kind of have a stranglehold on what news people get. Well, and that that certainly is uh, one of the issues that we have here in North Dakota, which we can certainly get into, is really a monopoly of where the news is coming from. And I think, personally, that, that limits what is being talked about and how we cover certain events that take place in the state, which is... I know something that you want to talk about when it comes to your take on the Democratic National Committee and your direction that way. But before we get into your candidacy and why you decided to run, I I want to ask you a question that was first asked of me when I first attended a a neighborhood gathering when I decided to run for the North Dakota Senate. And it's kind of a basic question. It really is, why are you a Democrat? You know, I'm a Democrat uh, at the end of the day because I believe in people and lifting people up. And I think that if you look at what the Democratic Party stands for and works towards, everything that we do is about lifting people up. And that's very important to me that we circle back around and remember our core values as Democrats. There's a lot of infighting that's happening right now in our party that um, causes me great sadness because I think our hearts are all in the right place. I think our values are all um, grounded in the right place, and I think we need to come back and and have more of those conversations with each other and remember, you know, what got us involved in the Democratic Party in the first place. And for me, it definitely was helping people. Spot on. Uh, You know, that's that was actually almost identical to the answer that I had given those years (laughs) ago, you know, was for me, it was very personal having uh, a sibling, an older brother that was born with a severe genetic disability and, and seeing really which party aligned with keeping the programs and services in place to help him become as independent as possible. And it, that kind of goes into, I think, something that we've been struggling with as a national party over the years is finding that universal message. You know, we it seems that almost over the last decade or so, we've we've almost targeted messages to specific groups. And I'm curious what your take is on that, what what you feel is kind of a universal uh, understanding of what a Democratic Party stands for in this country that we can just rally people behind again. Yeah, I agree. I think the siloed communication has definitely been to our detriment. And there may be specific policies or specific issues that we need to talk to specific groups about because they might apply to them more than others, but there certainly is a lot to be said for some overarching issues and values that apply to all of America. So one of the things I have been talking about in my race and one of the reasons I got involved in politics in the first place is saving democracy uh, is very important to me. And some people think I say that hyperbolically, but when I did my assessment about a decade ago of what the Republican Party was focused on, what I saw is they were focused on infringing on our freedom. They have been taking away, systematically stripping people of their voting rights, making it harder to vote. Um, laws like voter ID, laws like uh, registration deadlines far out from the actual election when most people aren't even paying attention. Um, a lot of different things 
Uh, we've seen problems with defunding polling locations, especially in those areas where we have uh, high minority populations. Uh, it's just a lot of things that I think are really detrimental to the fabric of our society. And so for the last decade, I've been taking on those issues here in Idaho. And I think, you know, what we've seen more than anything in this last year of the presidential race is the need for the national party to step up and do that in a really big way. And so I think we need to build that positive values-based message about how the Democratic Party is really about protecting people's freedoms and their constitutional rights and ensuring that we lift everybody up and give, make sure that everybody has a fair shot uh, and that we have equity in our society amongst all of the different groups of people. I think one of the major ways that we do that, as I mentioned, is focusing on democracy and making sure that we protect and preserve all of the, the aspects that we need to have a functioning democracy. I also think that we need to focus on economic policies that lift people out of poverty. The reality is, is that many young people don't feel or have the confidence that they're going to have a, a better life than their parents did. And their parents are looking, you know, I've got kids who are 23 and 19 and 17. And, you know, all of my kids said the number one thing is I'm willing to go to college, but I won't go into debt. And, you know, luckily, we're in a place where we can um, help ensure them that to happen and help them make smart financial decisions about where they choose to go to college. But not everybody is in that place, and many people are not even going to have the, those, the funds to go to college. And that automatically puts people down right at the very beginning of starting their lives. And then obviously we have institutionalized poverty uh, all over the country. And so as Democrats, We've heard a lot coming out of this election about how we need an economic message, and I take that one step for, you know, farther and say we need to craft some really strong economic policies, and the leaders in our country have done this. I think President Obama had some really great economic policies that he just wasn't able to, to get passed through. So we need to create a message that really brands us as the party who are getting more money into folks' pockets and then really push that forward and make sure that we're taking back state houses and governor seats and city councils and county commission races throughout the country and running those economic policies every single chance that we get so that we can make America um, a prosperous, thriving place where everybody has a, you know, a fair shake and has opportunity to become what they want. Well, and I, I completely agree. It almost seems over the past couple of election cycles that we've lost focus on that economic uh, platform that really I think Democrats have a benefit of. You know, I think track record and history shows that when you have, say, a Democratic president, that the economy has done better under them. Somehow there's been a disconnect between the voting public and their wallets and their checkbooks and, and the benefit that we've seen, say, on Wall Street or whatever. When, when that economy is doing well, uh, and it has over the last eight years. Yet the workers that lived in my district the up north that were working in manufacturing, they haven't seen that benefit. So we've got to refocus and let them know that we stand with them and that we value their pocketbooks and make sure that their kids have the opportunity to go to the, get the education that you just talked about for your own kids. So I think that is a very important platform that we have to get back to as a party. And I think if we, we focus in on that again, and do it in all 50 states, which I was happy to hear you say, I think that is going to be a vital step in, in regathering the support of the Democratic Party. Yeah, and I think um, a couple of things that I would just add to that. One is I believe most of our candidates for office and our elected leaders have been focusing on an economic message. I don't believe we've had 
a good way of lifting that message up. And I think that that's where the DNC's responsibility comes in. The DNC cannot just be the attack dog. The DNC also needs to be talking about why Democrats are great and rebranding our party so that it's something that every candidate that's running under the Democratic banner is proud to stand by. And and to me, that's the, the biggest thing that we need at the Democratic Party is that umbrella. And I think along those same, same lines is becoming a service organization that serves the needs of not just our 50 state parties, but also Democrats abroad, D.C. and the five territories. So when I talk about state parties, I always talk about 57 state parties because that's what we have. And we need to make sure that they are outfitted with the resources, funding and support that they need to really be able to, um, as I as I talked about, you know, take back those governor's seats, um, the state houses, every level of office, all the way down to school board and city councils, um, so that we're making sure that we're running Democrats on a strong, positive brand with an economic message that will help every single American at every level of government that we have. And and I do really appreciate you mentioning state legislatures, governorships, all the way down to city councils. Because one thing here in North Dakota, I've seen, and as you know, I, I was in the North Dakota Senate, was just recently defeated in 2016. It, it seems like we haven't been able to necessarily rely on the DNC overall. And I know that this... This past cycle was a little different because of the Russian hacking or things that we relied on for resources were slowed up in the process because with everything going on, we want to make sure it was done properly as a Democratic National Committee. I get that. So what is your restructuring? If, uh, if you get the job, how are you going to make sure that those state parties all the way down to the local city commission get the resources in a timely fashion? I think that there's been a lot of criticism, you know, pointed towards the DNC, obviously, specifically in the last year. But I've been in um, our national organization, the president and president of the Association of State Democratic Executive Directors. I've been a leader in that organization for the last five years, and we have been frustrated with the support services that we've been provided. I really don't hold that against the people at the DNC. I think the people at the DNC, just like every other Democrat, have their hearts in the right places. They're trying to do good work, and they're doing it under the rules and the guidelines of which they've been handed. I think, unfortunately, for decades, the DNC has been a presidential election machine, and it hasn't been seen as uh, an entity that really needs to support state parties. So I'll be rolling out a plan in the next probably 24 hours on my website, wethednc.org, where I really go into quite a bit of detail. In fact, we've been trying to figure out how to kind of package it for people. Um, because I'm an executive director, I look at this, you know, in a deeper systematic way, I think, than a lot of um, other uh, folks and colleagues that I work with. And um, one of the things that I fundamentally think we have to go to is we can't be tooling around with fixing the windows and the roof of our organization. We need to come back down to the foundation and we need to build key pillars that then allow us to, to really push down um, and accomplish the work that we need to. And so one of those key pillars for me is our purpose. What is the purpose of the DNC? We know, obviously, the purpose of democratic organizations, but the DNC specifically, I believe, needs to become a service organization and provide services to the 57 state parties, as well as our allies, as well as the general democratic public. 
there uh, are a lot more red states than we've seen in a really long time, and that means there's a lot of constituents out there who aren't getting any kind of constituency services from their elected leaders. And I think that there's a place the DNC can play to plug people into services and into their state parties that can help um, make sure that they're that they're getting the assistance that they need, and also just being able to engage. I don't know what it's been like in your state since the election, but in our state, we've had hundreds of new people pouring into the state party wanting to get involved. It's like a progressive awakening has been happening over the last year, and losing this race to Trump has kind of finally awoken a whole group of people, and we need to be able to plug them in and get them to work and help promote them as new leaders in our party. I think we've seen that um, through the, the Sanders and the Hillary campaign um, you know, bringing in a ton of new people. And we just may, need to make sure that they have a place. And it is ultimately up to the DNC to make sure that state parties, or it should be, I believe it should be, up to the DNC to get state parties the resources that they need to really be able to effectively answer that call, you know, and, and be able to, to help plug people in. So one of the things I talk about in our plan is ex- expanding the state partnership program that Howard Dean had implemented in 2004 and then has kind of shrank back. Um, we luckily are still getting uh, monthly money to that program, but I think it needs to be more than just money. I think we need to look at all of the different resources that the DNC can provide to state parties. And so again, you can look for that plan um, tomorrow night uh, or Tuesday morning on my website, wethednc.org. Uh, it goes much more into depth. I won't I won't bore you with all the details today. <laughs> well, I, I look forward to uh, visiting that uh, once you get it up on the site, because I certainly will. I'm, I'm very interested. I know there's an, a handful of candidates that are looking to undertake the what I think is a pretty big challenge to get the DNC and the Democratic Party as a whole back onto a, kind of a level playing field. Uh, you mentioned previously here just a moment ago about how People have been coming forward in in Idaho and elsewhere about how do we get involved? How do we make a difference in the long run? Those conversations are taking place here in North Dakota as well. And um, one thing that I'm afraid of happening is over the last few cycles, we have had very tough defeats. Uh, We've lost numerous seats, some that we all considered safe, both as Democrats and from the Republican side, they considered these seats safe. And what that has led to is, you know, how do we effectively make a change for for the better in our state and still run as Democrats because it's not getting us to that, you know, quote, finish line of election day to where you're in that seat, you're you're able to push the vote and uh, get the change that you see. So we've had those conversations, but I'm afraid that there's a large chunk of those people that have seen the results of running as a Democrat and say, okay, well, what has changed in the Democratic Party? Do I no longer identify with it? How do I effectively make change? What is your message to those individuals that I've had conversations with that are contemplating maybe not being a Democrat, but maybe being an independent or or looking at other avenues to make change? What's your message to those people? I think that we're undergoing a sociological change right now in all of our institutions, not just political. And so I'm going to broaden that a little bit and say that I believe we're going through a new power versus old power struggle. Um, this is a fairly new concept for people, so I'm going to unpack it a little bit. Old power is very hierarchical. It's very condensed, where a few group, a few people in power make all the decisions and then disseminate that out to the workers. 
And that's been what we've been operating under for decades. I think that the technology and the communication and the information that we have available to us now is pushing us to this very new power structure, which is all based around inclusion, collaboration, and transparency. And so you see that in um, different business structures, like Uber is a really good example, moving from um, the traditional taxi industry to um, the Uber industry. And there's not, it's not perfect, right? There's inherent issues in that movement, but there's a lot of different instances that we can see this. So I believe as a Democratic Party that we have a, an opportunity at this place in time to really look at becoming a new power institution. And I believe that if we really take that on and adopt new power principles of transparency and inclusion and collaboration, many more people are going to want to be a part of our party. Not just younger people who are coming up and, and haven't wanted to necessarily be labeled um, or attached to an institution, but I think people who uh, have fallen away from the party because they feel like uh, we're out of alignment with what we our values are, what we say we're going to do or say we are, and then what our actions actually say. Mm. And I think in moving to this new power structure, we bring ourselves back into alignment with the core values um, democracy ultimately was like one of the, the first new power ideas, right? Um, but as society has evolved and as our democracy has evolved, I believe we've gotten away from a lot of those ideals and those values. And so we have this opportunity to come back to that. And I think returning to that will be very inspiring for people. People right now want to see something new and different. That's ultimately why a lot of people voted for Trump, even though he has all of the downfalls that he has. He was very authentic. He never told us who he was not. He was very upfront. This is who I am. You know, I'm a racist and a bigot, and I want to leave the, lead the country because I want you to be um, better off than you were yesterday. I want to make America great again. And people trusted him because he was authentically aligned with his core values. Now, I don't believe in his core values. His core values are not mine, obviously. Um, but until we get to a place where we are putting ourselves out just as normal people who can be authentic, um, not feel like we have to have all the answers, not feel like we have to keep ourselves separated from people so that we can govern them, but govern with them, um, then I don't think we accomplish that. And I hope if my race accomplishes nothing else, it's to inspire people to aspire to that kind of new power method. I am an executive director from Idaho running for chair of the DNC. That, uh, as far as I know, has really not been done uh, before. And if this isn't a time and place where we get to step forward and do something bold and risky and new, then I don't know what is. And so I really hope for anybody listening that whatever bold, risky, new thing you're thinking of doing, that you say yes, that you just say yes to it and see where it takes you and see where it unfolds. Because I truly believe that if we are all doing that together, we are going to be able to turn this country around and we are going to be able to bring um, the light to fight back against this darkness that's threatening us right now. All right. Well, thank you, Sally. Uh, Sally Boynton-Brown has been my guest here on NDExplains.com. Sally, if people want to know more about your candidacy, your background, where can I direct them to? Yeah, my website is wethednc.org. It's got all of the information there. I'm also very active on Twitter and Facebook. So if you're a social media follower, follower you can find me at wethednc on both of those 
um, platforms as well. I am really excited about having conversations with people. I'm very open, very responsive. Um, it's not, you know, one of my staff having conversations with people. It's me. Um, I want to hear from folks and interact with folks. That's one of the major tenets of the new power model. And so please do reach out. I, I want to hear your thoughts, your comments, your questions, all of it. Perfect. Sally, I want to actually thank you. Uh, as you know, at the end of December, I wrote an open letter to the DNC and people that were interested in running and kind of throwing out a challenge of, you know, don't just talk about us, but talk with us here in rural America. And you were the first to answer that challenge and, and make the call. So I want to thank you for taking time and visiting us uh, here on ndexplains.com. Absolutely. It really was my pleasure. And I hope that there's many more people just like yourself who are reaching out and offering that same challenge. I'll answer the call every time. And I really look forward to my colleagues doing the same thing. All right. Thank you, Sally Boynton-Brown. She is running for the DNC chair here coming up in February. And this has been Tyler Axness with NDExplains.com, where we talk about North Dakota politics, plain and simple.